This podcast is a 98 Studios production. Today's the day, baby. Today's the day. Today's the day. Today's the motherfucking day. Today is the day. Today's the day. Today is the day. Today's the day. What up, what up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to Today's the Day with Zach Anderson. I'm excited for today's episode. Miss Shauna Smith, thank you so much for making it out here. I appreciate you. I know you're busy. Thank you for making the time. Um, and I'm stoked. Me. So a little background just on this. Just interviewed your husband, mm-hmm. right? He recommended inter- interviewing you. And frankly, when we've had wives come on, it's been awesome because it's a whole different perspective. But your yeah. perspective is actually unique. You're a very, very big part of everything, probably more than 50%, according to Andrew, <laughs> of what he does. You're the CEO of the Savory Fund right mm-hmm. now, which is awesome. So we're yeah. super excited to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming. Well, thanks for having me. It's so fun. You I get know. to know you guys. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So... First and foremost, just to get to know you, because I don't know you prior to this. Um, So everyone's going to be kind of learning about you as I do, which is kind of fun for me. Okay. Because a lot of people I have on, I already know I've talked to a bunch and it's, it's, I'm rehearing stories or sometimes I hear news stories and it's a lot of fun, but everything's going to be brand new for me, which I'm excited. And I'm excited to get to Savory Fund, but rewinding, tell us about you. Who am I? Okay. Who are you? Well, I think, you know, sometimes I think about why you may not have ever heard of me. And I actually... I'm not one who is always out in the limelight or promoting myself. So I love that you don't know who I am. I'm kind (laughs) of usually the person behind the curtain uh, doing all the work behind there. I like it. But um, when I think about, let's go back in time a little bit. So I am Southern, born and raised in Alabama. Well, actually born in Florida. So uh, born in kind of the Jacksonville area, a teeny little town called Palatka, Florida. And then probably within the first year or two of my life, my family moved to Dothan. Dothan, bottom yes, corner. Yes, yes. Okay, so I lived in Auburn for a little while. Oh, Birmingham. stop it. No, I'm dead. I love Alabama. Oh, I my love goodness. Alabama. I know Dothan. Okay. Well, Absolutely. That's awesome. I I miss so many things about the South. And what I love about, I, I just love that I'm from there mm-hmm. and uh, that I get to go back. My roots are there. I, I reflect often on my roots and it's just part of who I am. It's part of my DNA, yep. which fast forwarding, uh, hospitality has been Massive. in my DNA for, you know, all of my life. And it's not a myth. Southern hospitality is real. Yes. Like real, real, real. I love it Alabama. Is. The people are amazing. You know, it's funny because I'm I'm reading this book called Unreasonable Hospitality, and it's all about what hospitality actually is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's service, and service is something you do, but hospitality, it's how you make people feel. And that's what I've thought about uh, ever since reading this book. Like, that's the difference. Like, going over to family dinners and being entertained in the South. That's it's so all true. about the feel. And that's you just, so true. How welcoming everyone is and how, it's you know, warm. some somehow food always makes its way into the conversation. Always. So you break bread together. I still tell everyone, I do not eat alone. It's yeah. just how I was raised. You eventually, someone showed up and yeah. you were going to eat with someone. <laughs> I love it. Alabama is a special place. Uh, Todd Peterson, one of my really good friends, did you know his wife is from Alabama, Huntsville? Uh, yes. Okay, you know Huntsville. I, d- I need to hear this story from her because I've heard from other people that she is from Alabama. She's from Alabama. She and I Alabama. need to compare notes. Yeah, well, I would be curious. I want to, I, I'm very curious. I want to hear about your Dothan. Well, you know, upbringing. there's the, um, there's the prim and proper, well-mannered version mm-hmm. of the South. And then there's the, you know, the wild 
folks of the South. And I don't even know what word is appropriate to <laughs> describe us other than we're People just can imagine. classic Southerners. We and, love it. And that's my family. And I love, I love them. Yeah. Uh, grew up actually working on a farm. And um, we didn't live on the farm. It was kind of more something we did after school or on weekends. And I just loved being outside, being with nature, being with animals. That, so that's kind of always something that I've I've loved and been surrounded by. And also learned how to work hard. Both of my parents were very hardworking. And so they were great examples. So me. what was that like? So in Dothan, hard workers, what does that mean? How many siblings? And what oh, was yeah. the whole dynamic as you were coming I will up? go into the details. Let's do it. So, and actually, this is where I, I'm going to refrain from hopefully crying because there was a little bit of a traumatic childhood. Um so I have five brothers and sisters, and uh, two of my sisters live here in Utah. One brother lives in St. George, and then one brother lives still back at home in Florida. And when we were, well, I was 13, 14, um, my parents got divorced. And it wasn't just like this sweet little divorce. It was kind of messy and, you know, just kind of one of those things where it's just gnarly and it really affects someone. Mm-hmm. And especially I was the oldest, oldest child, the oldest. oldest daughter. And uh, I just saw it play out firsthand. And we had this picture perfect family that I thought. And then all of a sudden, my mom decided she did not want to be a mom anymore and literally left. And yeah, it was just a weird thing. See what happens it's I okay. turn into it's a, a teenager. When no, that's okay. It's anyway. 100% okay. No, anyway. I, I understand that. So then yeah. you got to take on mom role, I assume, a little bit. Absolutely. Oh, bless you. Tissues. <laughs> <laughs> we had those out last episode. Don't worry. Oh, it's, my goodness. <laughs> Here I am with the tears. Anyway, um, so yeah, I became the mom in the family, which actually, like, looking back, I learned so much. Mm-hmm. And it prepared me for a lot of what I'm doing now. But it was hard. And it was sad. Yeah. So my dad was so sweet. And he was like, well, if I'm going to be a single dad raising a family of five, I really do need to find a good village around me. Mm -hmm. And we decided to move from Alabama to Utah. Was there LDS? Were you guys LDS? Yes. Okay. This makes this yep. is making sense. So he knew that there would be a good village surrounding all of us yep. uh, with love and just helping raise this cute little family. So anyway, we moved out here and I found myself going to Pleasant Grove High School. Okay. And that's where I actually graduated from, which I will say, I'm sure everyone has an opinion of Pleasant Grove, but they were so welcoming, good. so warm and kind and good. just took me in and I met some of my best friends. Zach, I cannot shake the crying. No, it's okay. I got to get rid of this. Anyway, <laughs> I like it. We'll move on. I like we'll move it. on very quickly. No, you do your thing. But I got my first job in Pleasant Grove, Utah at Subway. I was a sandwich artist. At Subway? Yes. At oh, 14 years yeah. old. The moment I could get a, a job and work, I got a job. So I was a sandwich artist, which is so funny because I tell that story, of course, now in this industry that I'm in. And people always laugh when I say my first job, I was a sandwich artist. They love it. That's incredible. I love that. I have some of my best friends from PG, so I love PG. I grew up right on the Linden-Orem border, so I went to the junior highs that go to PG as well. Great spot. So I know a lot of PG. That's awesome. PG took good care of me. I still owe them so much. And 
Like my son, we've played them in football over the years, and I have a really hard time not also cheering for them as well. So that's awesome. We cheer for both. That's so cool. And that was from, you said you were how old, mid-teens? Yeah, like 13, 14 when the divorce actually happened. And then it was probably, I think I was 15 when we moved out here. 15 all the way through. Uh Uh-huh. That is so awesome. I've been here since. There you go. I like it. And Utah has been so good to us. I love Utah. I love Utah. I always thought, because I grew up here, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get out of Utah. Can't wait to move away. Like that, it was like the cool thing to say. Then I moved to Memphis, Tennessee, and I was like, I'm moving back to Utah. Then I moved to Little Rock, Arkansas, and I'm like, I'm moving back to Utah. Lived in Alabama. I've lived all over with my work. And like the more time I spend away from Utah, the more I'm like, that's like, that's where I want to go raise yeah. my family for sure. I love it. Like it's Well, you just appreciate awesome. it when you go away from it. That's the same as anything. And I hear people say things uh, that are not so kind about mm-hmm. Utah. And I think you just haven't gotten out enough. A thousand percent. <laughs> like you don't like that because you don't know what the alternative yes. is. You just are just choosing to be negative about it. Go yeah, somewhere else. Absolutely. No, I, I I love Utah. Okay, cool. So then fast forward, you go and you graduate high school. Yeah. You for your first job, you're a sandwich artist at yep. Subway. Mm-hmm. And then post high school, what's the game plan? What's your life plan? Are you, do you feel obligated to take care of the little siblings? Like what's. Yeah, there was, oh, there were lots of ties still to home. And, um, at that time, literally, uh, right when I was graduating high school, my dad got married. Let's and go. He, he met a very nice woman. Um, they actually ended up splitting up a few years later. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was so nice because I was able to be like, okay, you guys have someone else that can hang out with you, take care of you. I'm going to actually go off to college. I didn't go far. I moved out to Provo, Utah. Okay. And went BYU. to UVU. Oh, UVU? Me too. I, see, I wasn't smart enough for I BYU. Wasn't no, I wasn't smart I, enough for UVU either. I, <laughs> I lasted two semesters. So <laughs> well, you got me beat. And hey, that's where I, I mean, just to fast forward a little bit, uh, met my husband, and I'm sure we'll get into more of those details, but I ended up meeting him, uh, getting pregnant soon after we were married, and didn't end up fin- finishing my college degree. Right. All so those we're years. both UVU dropouts. Yeah. Community and, college dropouts. And I, Let's I go. serve on the foundation board and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm a bad example. <laughs> but someday, awesome. someday great. I'll graduate. Someday, right? Yes. I love that. So then going to UVU, was yes. it a blast? Was it different? Was it shell shock? Was it? No, it was uh, great. Was it was easy. I was always a pretty easygoing person. And I think that's been my personality. So I've just... Whatever I've been doing, I've just enjoyed it. So I really loved moving out, living on my own, uh, having roommates, dating, just having a good time. That's awesome. I love that. So I want to I want to ask you a question, and I wanted to let you get through the crying first because I might make you cry again. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no more tears. You're talking. It's okay if so. I don't mind it, but I didn't want to make you try and talk while you're crying. Um, you said you learned a lot of things when you got to go be mom for a little bit. Yeah. Right. What were some of those things? Oh, if you don't mind me asking. Um, gosh. Well, I think as a teenager, so I look back and I think I'm, I'm not going to cry this time. I might have to hold them back though. Okay. Um, I think that most teenagers, we are naturally selfish beings. And as a teenager, you're transitioning into that place. And I actually didn't get to be selfish. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of removed that whole stage for me. And, and yes, there were selfish moments. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm normal. Yep. But I, I remember nights where it was like, um, should I go to the basketball game with my friends on a Friday night or should I stay home and watch wash my sister's soccer jersey because she's got a game in the morning? 
And so then I would stay home and do that and then maybe hang out with the friends a little later after the game. Yep. Um, but the, some of those choices, I look back and I'm like, who was I? <laughs> I was a pretty okay kid. You That's know? awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that um, it, it helped me become a little more well-rounded, a little more selfless. Uh, it also bonded us together. So you you learn very quickly. And as teenagers, you're not always drawn to your family. Yep. And you're kind of like, I'm too cool for them. Yep. But for me, it was just like, I loved them and they were they were who I hung out with all the time. So those were some of the lessons. That's amazing. And I'm trying to think if there were any others. I'm sure I'm missing a no, million they're, lessons. They're, think but, of a million more, but no, that's awesome. That's like, yeah. that's big time. That's blessing in disguise yeah. at the end of the day, which is really cool. But when I think about even like the role I'm in, so many people ask me, what prepared you for this role? And what I will say, whether it was those years or actual motherhood, it's motherhood. It teaches you so much. Yeah. How to multitask, how to deal with different personalities, how to confront different situations, yeah. how to problem solve. Yeah. How it just all of these little And you've had two things. goes at that. Yeah. Well, multiple sense, but two goes yeah. being motherhood now and motherhood then. That's yes. cool. Very so, cool. That's taught me a lot. My moms are superheroes and it's crazy. It is yeah. crazy. My mom my my parents split up as well, and that was very, very cool to see how my mom did things and oh. navigated. It's very cool. It's crazy. I couldn't have done it. No. Um, that's awesome. I love that. So then in community college, it's going easy going, everything yep. like that. You're enjoying your time. When did, then what? Well. Well, I'm wondering if there's any other catalyst. Then what? Just enjoying my time at that point and going to school and um, just having fun. And I, Andrew did share with me his version of of how we met. I want to hear your version. Which actually, it's pretty close. It's pretty I mean, accurate? Yeah, it is. We, <laughs> I was loving it. I was having a great time. We were we were messing with him a little bit. I was having a good time. <laughs> it was it was funny. It was pretty accurate, though. I'm trying to think if there was anything that was off. Retell it. Retell it from yours entirely. Don't worry about his. Well, I, I just, we were having a great summer, my roommates and I, and I remember a, kind of a new batch of people moving in, mm-hmm. and this was in August, and uh, they, this group of boys in an apartment, we got to know them a little bit. And one of them asked me on a date mm-hmm. and said, hey, I'm going uh, on this group date with a bunch of my mission companions. I'd love for you to go. And what I will say, the other side of this story is that at the time, I was like, I really don't want to go. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I don't know that you're my type. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it was kind but of one of those. you out of pity. But, well, not even pity. It was just like, you know what? What's the worst that could happen? We're going to have a fun time. I'll make, I'll have fun. I'll meet new people. Cool. And we'll have a good time because he's at least very nice. Yep. So it really was just saying yes to something I would otherwise say no to, to, which actually is like a life lesson for me in itself. I like that. But, um, so I said yes. And we go and I'm sitting in this family room of of a bunch of people I don't know anyone I'm shaking hands I'm saying hello and all of them are talking about this mission companion of theirs Andrew Smith and they're comparing Andrew Smith stories and they're talking about how cool a Grady is and I'm like oh this Andrew Smith guy he sounds pretty cool like he might be my type yes <laughs> so I'm just you know listening and then a, another couple walks in and all of a sudden the room erupts and it's like the life of the party has arrived and lo and behold, it's Andrew Smith. Yep. So he comes in and meet him and we all hang out together that night. And of course, I'm like, 
that's the type of person I would want to be with. You're but a go-getter. I it, like it. <laughs> it. Apparently, he looks taken. I don't know what's going on there. And she seems like a catch. So that's great. Well, anyway, he ended up moving into that room or that uh, apartment mm-hmm. full of dudes. And so then he's like in the same circle apartment as me in the same circle. And so we're seeing each other at different things and hanging out. Well, one of the nights that we're hanging out, one of the roommates was like, yeah, I don't know if he's as married as you think he is or something like that. And I was like, really? (laughs) And that is when the next day I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just going to call over there and see what happens. So I do call over. Andrew Smith answers the phone and he's like, oh, hey, let me get Joey for you. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm calling for you. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just calling to see when you're going to ask me out. I love it. And this is against my entire personality. I am a Southern, well-mannered girl. Yeah. We don't do things like that. You went for it, though. But I did. You sent it. And (laughs) Yes. And and for me, it was like, I'm just putting it out there, I guess. You know, I don't know what is going to (laughs) happen. Anyway. That's so bad, eh? That is awesome. Girls should take notes. That's phenomenal. I, I really do think girls should take notes. They should take notes. And say yes to opportunities. Sometimes... Even when you would otherwise say no, just say yes. You never know what's going to happen. Very true. I like that's too little good my piece husband. of advice. That's amazing. Yeah. Right. And then it all worked out from there. Right. Yeah. The rest is history. That's awesome. Because from what it sounds like from his side of the story, for anyone who's listened or hasn't, he was basically waiting for that call in a way as well, but couldn't really be waiting for that call because yes. he was kind of taken. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. And yeah. you made it happen. I like it. That's phenomenal. Okay, yeah. great. So then how did you get from there? To you guys are now full on partners in what you do mm-hmm. and you do something very, very big, which is, is I want to ask advice on that. And I'm curious on that. But how did you get from there to here? Yeah, that is an interesting leap, isn't it? Yeah. Well, um, for years. So we had our first son, Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, he was born, let's see, a year and a half after we were married. So sooner than we had planned to yep. have a family. <laughs> but Sometimes those things just happen, and the timing actually now looking back is perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had our our Christian, and then we also had Tobin. And uh, I have these two sons who I absolutely adore, and I love being a mom. I get to stay at home. Andrew's working, doing the tech stuff he talked to you about, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm enjoying my life. Mm-hmm. I love being a mom. I love being a wife. I feel that I have more to give, though. There's something in me that's like, I want to do a little more. Yep. So Christian is seven. Tobin is one and a half. And I decide that I want to do something. And what I want to do is open a restaurant. And the reason why a restaurant, really, when I think of that whole thing, that thought of necessity is the mother of invention. Yep. We had just moved to a new area and there were no restaurants. Yeah. And I was hungry. <laughs> and I didn't want to drive 30 minutes every time to get something. So I was like, surely there's room for something in our neighborhood. And uh, we ended up opening a little bakery and uh, opening that in in the middle of 2008, which is terrible timing. <laughs> and I actually am not, I don't, I actually don't belong inside of a restaurant. I know nothing. I don't know how to operate a business. I'm just, I'm hospitable. I know how to welcome people. <laughs> Got it. But what's crazy is I quickly just learned how to do the basics and then a little more and a little more and hired great people around me to support myself and then the restaurant itself. Mm-hmm. And even in the middle of 
a, a complete recession and just a crazy time in 2008 with all the housing market weirdness that was going on, we were having a tremendous amount of success. People were coming in our doors every day. We were busy. We were having fun. It soon became the holiday season. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's that first little adventure yeah. was was that. And then Andrew was in tech. And at that time, it was, it was a, I would say it was opportunistic to kind of close that chapter and maybe start a new chapter. Yep. And he definitely saw the success we were having, the fun that we, I was having with the team there at that restaurant. And he was like, I'm going to come do this with you. Yeah. And I was like, you bet, dude. Here's a hat and hairnet. <laughs> I love and here's it. an apron. And I have some dishes that need to be washed. I love it. I love it. So he stepped into your world. Yep. So he came into my world. And, and really, when I think about those first days, he probably was a fish out of water. I mean, he was, you know, he went from the boardroom to the kitchen. Yeah. And wiping tables and emptying trash cans. Did you love seeing it? Well, I just loved him doing it with me. It was so fun. And we have, Andrew is my best friend. We have always gotten along. So, you know, some couples, time away from each other is actually a good thing. But for he and I, we could hang out day and night and never get sick of each other. Or at least I couldn't get sick of him. That's awesome. So I loved just having him with me. And it it was fun having someone helping. And I didn't realize that at the time, but, you know, we all go into a a room of people and you're always looking for and scanning the people you know, or the people who have your back, who you're like, oh, there's my people. Yep. And it felt so good every day to scan the room and see him and be like, oh, my day's made. He's here. It's fine. You got my back. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really, really good. I didn't even think about that. That's phenomenal. And then where, how did it get from there to here? And where is well, here as well? Because I want people to understand where here, like what the Savory Fund is, what it's done. That's super important as well. But yeah. like, how did it get from there? Having your little bakery, was it Neaters at the time? Uh-huh. Neaters. That's amazing. Which um, I was a huge fan of then. I am still a huge fan of now, even though we sold those back in 2017. Mm-hmm. We still, we still frequent mm-hmm. and go get, we go get chunky cinnamon French toast all the holidays. Like every Saturday we were running in picking up loaves and loaves of French toast. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, then, then how did, how did it keep going? So of course I'm a pretty content person. And for me, I could have probably stuck with that one location and been That content. might be the Alabama in you. Yeah, it right? probably is. I'm just which, which is a very that's a very good quality. <laughs> that's that is a very good quality. Yes. Because you can probably enjoy things a lot easier than yeah. he can because he is like a let's yeah, let's go from here to a million miles down Andrew, the road. He doesn't know how to not just completely push down on the gas pedal. Yeah. And that's what I will say he did. Was he came in and he was like, this is great. And within less than a month, we should do more of these. Okay. Which is also a very good trait, just different. Yes, it is. Very good trait, just different. Which is why I think we complement each other. He's kind of the gas, I'm the brake. And not like, like, you know, holding back, but just like, we we need to pause for a sec and think through things and be thoughtful. (laughs) Anyway, so that's why we're a good balance. But anyway, he gets in there and he's like, we should do more of these. And so... We set an initial moonshot of let's do five of these. So we started to think through that and start figuring out what that needed to look like. And then we're probably three or four in Mm -hmm. of that initial moonshot. And before even finishing that original moonshot, he's like, 
we need to do 10 more. So it's like, <laughs> okay, surprise 10 me. more. Here we go. I love it. And at that time, I'm kind of in this place of very much so in, I, my brain is operations. He's more getting Vision. the financing, definitely big picture, yeah. uh, getting a team kind of banded together to help with all the functions of running yep. a business, a big business. Because there's a lot of support that a restaurant needs. They, We have, you're working in the business in restaurants, but also you have a lot of work outside of the business that needs to be done. So he was kind of like what out of that. curiosity when you say that part. And I know there's tons, but tons. But to think about like things like HR or finance and accounting, um, marketing and creative to have good, you know, POP around the location. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any kind of food and beverage, hiring and recruiting. There's all these little things that needed to still happen. Yep. You need to keep these plates spinning, but also you need an operator in, Got it. inside the restaurant. Got it. Which is really why we formed. What was uh, at one time for Foods Group, now Savory. Got it. And it was really just creating that platform of support to mm-hmm. all of our restaurants. So anyway, I was more in, inside the yep. four walls of the restaurants, uh, managing multi-units, just working the stores themselves, the restaurants, and uh, kept resetting the moonshot. Well, we're about 30 stores in and Andrew's like, we're going to do multiple brands. We're not going to just do neaters. And I'm like, here we go. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. So then we, I think our first brand that we brought on was R&R. And then, so we have R&R, we have neaters. And at this time, you know, we're in like the 40s of neaters and R&R was two or three units. And then he's like, Shauna, I'm going to buy 75 Little Caesars and then we're going to open a few more. And he like walks by my office and says this. And I'm like, of course we are. That yeah. makes total sense. Yes. You're like, I expected that this morning. Actually, uh, <laughs> when he walked by, I mean, I hope it's okay to say this, but I was like, yeah. what the hell? Where did that come from? I don't even know where <laughs> sometimes these thoughts come from, but okay. I love it. I love uh, it. Yeah. So part of part of just this whole journey has been keeping up with him. I love it. And also having his back on the operations side. Keeping his feet on the ground. Yep, we just, we're a good partnership that way. So um, yeah, many moonshots later, many brands later, uh, we then, I will not go into the full story of sharing how Savory Fund came to be, but essentially back to that whole necessity is the mother of invention. We were at a juncture where we needed to fund our growth and open new restaurants. It's not, they they actually do make a great profit, but if you're wanting to open a lot of stores also at the same time, they don't necessarily always fund their own growth. Correct. So we needed additional funding for that. And yep. that is why we needed to fund our own growth with becoming our own fund. So it's amazing. Save refund. 2017. That's, that's when all of cool. that came to be. I 18, 17. It's a blur now. I love that. Just may- mayhem it sounds like with him. And that's yeah. that's so freaking fun. It's that's keeping awesome. up. But but what's great is I think that's also when I think about great marriages that I observe, mm-hmm. both companions are just trying to keep up with each other and not let any one of them lag behind. Yep. It's 100%. a good partnership. No, it sounds like it's super synergetic and, and yeah, it sounds awesome. So now I'm going to ask you a question I didn't ask him because okay. his head is already big enough. He's already and he he does it without me asking as he should. <laughs> He's earned the right. Um, I want you to go and explain like when people are hearing this and I know it because I've heard people talk about it and since meeting Andrew, I started asking about it and like realizing how big the savory fund is. 
what you guys have done is it, and I know this is probably uncomfortable to you. That's why I asked you and I didn't ask him because <laughs> he would have loved if I asked this. I want you to like brag about it and like help people understand exactly what it is you guys have already done. Okay. Right. Cause you, you, I mean, you just talked about opening 75 little Caesars, like it's, or purchasing 75 and then opening more like it, like you kind of just blew by that. I want people to understand how big it actually is and what you guys do because it's super impressive. It's really, really impressive. Well, here is what I will tell you. Uh, Confession. I don't think we're that big. Hey, everybody. I want to take a quick break to let you guys know if you like anything that you see on the podcast from the photos to the social media clips to the audio itself, the video, and even the studio set. All of this is provided by 98 Studios and the team. So if you guys are interested in starting a podcast, if you want to take your podcast to the next level, if you guys need creative work done, if you need photo, if you need to rent a space, any of the above, 98 Studios is the place to do it. So once again, if you like how we do things, they handle everything from A to Z. All I do is I show up and I interview. They do branding. They do design. They do everything. If you guys are interested in getting in contact with them, it's the number nine, the number eight, studios.co.co. So once again, it's number nine, number eight, studios.co. And make sure you do stuff the right way. It's your legacy. Our heads are down operating. (laughs) I will tell you, I I literally came out of two back-to-back operations meetings and literally drove my car straight here. I love it. Um, Okay, so what have we done? So if I'm thinking about by the numbers. Uh, let me just think through this because I don't always have the most accurate, but the last time I checked um, over our career, which has been 15 years, yep. um, we have opened and operated over 400 restaurants, which that alone is a feat. That is unbelievable. It's crazy. That is crazy. When I think about how hard it is, um, that is that is a big, big, a big, big opportunity accomplishment. Yeah, a thousand percent. So we've opened all of those uh, and funded them, of course. And then when it comes to job creation, I cannot remember the last number. It was tens of thousands, though. That's so On job creation. Because every restaurant, I mean, you need 75 to 100 uh, jobs Mm -hmm. posted, and then you're constantly reposting. So uh, we just have kept a little tally. Someone did, not me. So cool. so there's that. And then I think this was an interesting uh, an interesting number. We have these cool analysts who just, you know, crunch numbers. Mm-hmm. And one of them came to us a few years back and they were like, do you know how much revenue you've given, uh, generated over the years? And I'm yeah. like, not a clue. You're like, I, yeah, no idea. Haven't even thought about it. <laughs> and they're like, and this was three, four years ago. They were like, it's over two and a half billion. Oh, my gosh. I... You didn't even know. You didn't even care. No, I would never have known. And for us, it's just, it's why we wake up every morning. We've got a team of people who are waiting for us and we're there for them. And we just, we keep this operation going. I love it. So it is, it's a, it's a big deal. It's a big job. And it's a big responsibility. And when I think about becoming a fund, I've felt a responsibility before to our employees, to our teams, to our community. And now there's this new responsibility. We have we have investors who yep. have, they believe in us. And so I feel another level of responsibility. Yeah. And not like it's an added amount of pressure or anything. Mm-hmm. I give myself plenty of pressure without anyone needing to yep. give it to me. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's it's actually like this, 
it's this enormous weight, but also that comes with a lot of drive to love want to succeed. I love it. That's so cool. So I have a question for you then on like what you guys have accomplished is one in a million, right? And even starting a restaurant and having it, it be successful, the first one, yeah. there's probably, correct me if I'm wrong, I know in business, the fail, the fail rate is over 90% in business. And I assume it's probably a parallel in the restaurant industry, if not actually lower success rate. Yes. Um, what do you think you guys are doing or what what are like your guiding principles that have helped you get through everything, especially starting at the most unopportune time you possibly could have? Like, what do you think that is? Like, what's not the secret sauce, but the secret sauce? Well, what's interesting is I think people haven't known how to just run a restaurant like a business. And that's where, for me, I'm like, business is business. You have sales that come in. You have labor that you pay out. You pay out your cost of goods. You pay out your overhead. And then you have a profit. Yep, It's as simple as that. And your sales need to be more than all of the labor cogs overhead so yep. that you actually can end up with a profit. Yep. So to me, it was just those basics of business. Like, okay, this is just like a math equation in my <laughs> mind. Uh, it doesn't always work out that way and that simply. But for me, it was a very simple equation and it was kind of just putting all of that together. Mm-hmm. So it, originally, one of the things that I didn't really compute and that I had to learn was if my sales are if my sales are two and a half million, then this is how many labor dollars I have. I, mm-hmm. And this is how much I have to spend on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. And breaking that down yep. and then giving myself those numbers and then saying, now write a schedule and going about it that way. So you broke it down backwards. So yeah, That's a little awesome. bit of just like, it was, like I said, it was just a math equation. And And really, when I think of Andrew's understanding of business, that's all that we've done is we've just run it like a business that we expect to be profitable. Yep. And if your sales are a million dollars, well, you have less dollars to spend on labor to figure it out. Yeah. And so you have, you know, it's a percentage game. It's a math equation. It's just all of that. Yeah. So uh, failure rate, I would say it's probably just people who maybe don't know their numbers or... Um, you know, I, I mean, I want to assume that everyone is wanting to do their very best and that they don't want to fail. Yeah. They just don't know exactly how to allow it to succeed. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's, I mean, I think that's phenomenal advice. I love how simple that is. That's, that is great. Cause I think a lot of people originally start, they start a restaurant in the same frame of mind. Like it's like a passion project type thing and they don't attach the I guess, honestly, the simple math that you have to go and attach or just the business mindset going into it. Like you you can definitely let that passion guide it and like lead it, but yes. it has to be backed by something. Oh, yeah. There's no backbone. You have to have some passion. Yep. Otherwise, you have to. It's exhausting. Because if you're only in it for the numbers, that is also where you go and yeah. fail. You have to have both. Yeah. You're just, you're going to get burned out. It's not going to be fun. So there has to be the balance of the two. Yeah. But if you really do want it to be something that sustains you, your family, your lifestyle, it has to turn a profit. Yeah, I love that. You guys work in a very high stress, or maybe it's not high stress, but you guys have a lot on your plate between you and him, right? And you guys are also married Mm -hmm. and you also have kids. So you have a lot on your plate on that front too. And you kind of attack it all together. What advice do you have? Like, how does that work? Boy. Because some people have a hard enough time just parenting together or just living together without parenting together Mm -hmm. or running a business together. You do all of it. Yep. How? 
Well, what I will say is it's not perfect. And the moment you expect it to be perfect, that's when it falls apart. So just, you know, figuring things out along the way, one day at a time. Also, a lot of planning and scheduling things. But (laughs) when I think about how we've been able to do it over the years, if I zoom out, what I really think about is how we've managed all of it. And I would say it comes down to almost like a game of triage. Like if we're in an emergency room, which one of you is bleeding out the most? Yeah. And who needs my attention immediately? Yeah. So go to that bullet wound first. Got it. And sometimes it's the children. And when they were younger, they would be sick or there was something that happened. And granted, at the time, by the way, I hired a nanny initially for 40 hours a week, five days a week, thinking that should be plenty. Oh, no. I needed a nanny for 80 hours a week, six days a week. Yeah. And so I had to hire two fairly quickly. But you have to surround yourself with a village of people who are going to help you accomplish this big goal and job that you are trying to accomplish. Yeah. It's great when you have a partner who's also supportive. So he takes, he helps with one bullet wound and I help with another. And sometimes it's the business, sometimes it's the family, sometimes it's the relationship. It just depends. And you just kind of take care of all of it and you keep the plate spinning. You prioritize things correctly. Yeah. That's really, really cool. I like that a lot. And it is nonstop. I mean, I I have to say, if I were to, you have to be willing to put in the time and to put in the work to make any of this work. For sure. I love it. I love it. Um, Nothing comes easy if it's worth it. That's great. So um, kind of pivoting a little bit because your story is amazing. What you guys have done is amazing. How you guys do it is amazing. It's really, it's honestly really, really cool. You're so complimentary. I just feel like this is my life. And this is who, and I want to hear all about your life. I'll hype you up. I'll hype you up all day. (laughs) Thank you. Um, What you guys have done really is awesome. And honestly, I love how you guys both move and navigate, communicate everything. You guys have been super, super cool to get to know a little bit. Um, kind of pivoting to more of like advice because a lot of people, the reason that we go and we interview people who've done really big things is because you're just the same as everybody, Mm -hmm. right? In the best way possible, but you do some things or you have done some things different. So I guess my question for you, and I'll ask it both ways, whatever one you feel is a better answer, you can answer it that way. For someone who's coming into like their adult life or they're getting into their, they're finally figuring out their career or they have no idea what their career is going to be. What advice do you have for them going into it or what would you avoid? Oh. And you have kids okay. of pretty close. As, how old's your oldest? My oldest is 23 now. Oh, yeah. So like 23 and 18. So what advice for the, them and their friends? Like yeah. what is your advice? Okay. Boy, what would I do and what would I avoid? Well, first, when I, 2017-ish, yep. I remember instituting a no asshole policy and If you could avoid a-holes, I would highly recommend that. (laughs) And that's the biggest, I mean, that's like my biggest, like, avoid that. Yep. Other than that, I have made so many mistakes. And What determines an asshole? Oh, good question. I need some clarity on that. Well, I think anytime you're around someone and they make you feel small, that's who they are. They need to feel, they need to make others feel small in order for them to feel big. Yep. So there's that. Um, I think you can sense it. I I know what my definition is of it. Yeah. Um, no, definitely, I think that was a super fair, that's a super fair explanation. If yeah. people make you feel small, it's absolutely a fair explanation. Yeah. There's that's a awesome. lot of other things. You know, there's 
there's lots of ways to be uh, to be an a hole. Got it. Got yeah, it. So that's, that's, that's rule one. I like that. That's very good advice. That's the only thing I would truly avoid. And okay. and then anything fatal, you know, usually your friends and family will tell you if you're about to embark on something fatal. So listen to your friends and family. They love you. Um, but what would I if I would? I don't know if I would even do different, anything different. I think I would still make the same mistakes. I would still go through it and learn mm-hmm. because I'm all about learning along the way and not what did skipping you learn steps. Then? So like in, in what you've done, what did you learn that would be the advice that you'd go back and give someone so they don't have to go through the trials to then learn it? Yeah. Hopefully if someone's smart, they can learn from your mistakes, right? Well, I mean, every part of my journey, I learned something. And the other day I actually spoke uh, – to a group of women and they were asking what were the steps in your career that um, you learned the most Mm -hmm. and I was like all of them it started with becoming a partner to a a a husband Mm -hmm. and then it started with becoming a mother and the things you learn how to be a good partner and you learn how not to be a good partner and and very quickly the things that trigger bad partnerships. Um, you learn how to pick good partners after that mm-hmm. because you in business, if you want to grow, usually in the beginning, you do have to get partners, whether it's financial partners or um, people who are in the industry you're going into. Yep. Um, let's see what else. Then I was just an operator of a business. I learned how to control the four walls of a restaurant. I heard, learned how to run a team, how to communicate, how to communicate to customers how to just overall operations. Yeah. And then went to went into this place of learning supply chain and um running a warehouse. Yeah. And that's figuring a weird thought. You don't think that you'd have to out. do that. Right. That's cool. So there's some of that and then learning retail and merchandising and so much to learn in retail and merchandising. And so many so many dollars that were wasted on buying the wrong thing yeah. because I bought according to what Shauna likes. And I learned very quickly, it's not about me. Mm -hmm. And that was not, I mean, I've learned that so many times since in other ways. It's it's actually not about me at all. Mm -hmm. It's it's about everyone else. If I want this business to succeed, it's actually not about me. It's about you. (laughs) So um, some of those, but every, every career, every role, I was the president before I was CEO. And even in that band of time, all of the things that I learned about big picture and uh, financial oversight and governance, I needed to learn that. And it was because I had poor governance in certain areas of the yeah. business that I was like, oh, my goodness, we have got to fix this immediately. Yeah. So there was some of that that, you know, you learn the hard way when it's like, this is a messy yarn ball. I got to unravel this whole thing. I love it. So when people are listening and they see what people have accomplished, sometimes they go and they kind of create a pedestal and they put people who are successful, quote unquote, successful on this pedestal and they separate themselves from them. And then they view that as success. And to me, that's what leads to a ton of unhappiness. Yes. Um, So a question for you, and I love asking people in your position or Andrew's position or all these people that we've had on, because from an outsider looking in, you are successful from the the very basic view of it, like the probably the very the most standard view that would be mm-hmm. monetary and all of that stuff. What? How do you define success? Because you're in a place where people would say, "Oh, if I get to that point, then I'm definitely successful." But how do you view success? Oh, well, 
what I would learn or what I would share that I have learned over the years is um, I used to have the same view on successful people and mm-hmm. what success looked like. And what I've learned is what success actually looks like. And it is that success is the result of hard work, of long hours, of commitment, of a lot of sacrifice, um, a lot of self-doubt, mm-hmm. and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Mm-hmm. And a lot of moments when you feel like you're not successful because failure is what sometimes success is the result of. Yep, You fail at times. And so what does success, like defining success yeah, how do, for how myself? Do you it? Yep. Um, oh, gosh. I guess for me, I'm proud every day of the work I do, of the people I do this work with, and of what keeps us motivated and driven. And for me, that's what success looks and feels like today. It might look different and feel different in a few years. Yep. Um, I'm sure success for people at my juncture in this career is future retirement and a day when they don't have to do all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. I love what I do. I dread the day I have to retire, but I also am excited for the person who gets to take over for me Mm -hmm. and do this work because it's so fulfilling. It's so enjoyable. And I love serving. And I've always always known I would serve people through food Mm -hmm. in some way. And so for me, it comes back to hospitality and yeah. just just really how we make people feel and that's that's why I love this work I get to um I get to lead a team every single day and we are hopefully making a little teeny fingerprint on the world I love it I love it and I love that you that you mentioned and prefaced that it may change because I think a lot of people get so stuck on like a certain idea yeah. or a certain destination is success and it's not. Because mm-hmm. once you get there, you have to go somewhere else. Otherwise, you're just dead. Yes. If you're not moving, you, I mean, not may as well be dead. That's pretty extreme. But, <laughs> but you, you, you're all, you there's mean. always going to be something else, right? Yeah. And I think it's really cool that you mentioned that that would change 100%. So, Shauna, again, I want to be respectful of your time and everyone's time. Hey. And you are so damn cool. You, you and your husband are awesome. Like, like you guys have been so cool to get to know, and I look forward to getting to know you guys better. Um, but the name of the podcast is Today's the Day, and kind mm-hmm. of the preface of that and the point of it is at the end of the day, you have no idea whether you're going to have tomorrow. It might be a morbid thought, but it's a super powerful thought. You can't change anything about yesterday. So today's kind of all you've got at the mm-hmm. end of the day. And we do our best to bring people onto the podcast that we feel embody that, that go and and really do live like today's the day. Because in most cases, when people do that, they do find the standard normal version of success because mm-hmm. they approach life with a different intensity, outlook, everything, yeah. right? And I think you guys are a really, really good example of that. And you yourself are. Well, um, you. So my question for you, the last question to, to wrap it up and I'll let you get out of here. Um, what does that mean to you and have you knowingly or unknowingly navigated life with that? If so, why? Mm. It's a long question. but Well, I think it comes back to that. I'm, a, I'm content by nature. And I, I've always wanted to uh, remember to just enjoy the day. And when I think about this year, I, I set a goal and it's just one word. Mm-hmm. And my word is curious because I, like I, I feel that sometimes I get, uh, I get an idea of how th- something should be mm-hmm. or that my way is the only way. And mm-hmm. we all have these moments. 
And what I've decided is if I'm more curious, then every day I will learn something new. Yep. And I want to learn every single day. Yep. So when I think about how that looks playing out, I, I'm trying to be more curious every day. But one thing I've always tried to do is ensure that I end my day on a high note yeah. with my family. Every encounter that I have with people, I always say, I want to myself. Mm-hmm. I want to end this on a high note. Even if it was a hard conversation, we ended on a high note. Because if it is the last thing we say to each other ever in our lives, I want it to be on a high note. Mm-hmm. So when I think today's the day, if it's the only day, hopefully I've ended all of my conversations on a high note so that there's nothing that has been left unsaid. And I always I say to our team, hug your people. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Miss Shauna, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you. I know you're busy, so I, I really you. appreciate it a lot. And Andrew as well. You guys are you guys are great and you guys are a dynamic duo. So I appreciate thank you guys. You, Zach. It's good to get to know you guys. Um, for everybody listening, thank you guys so much. And as always, much love until next time. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Um, as always, it was a blast for me. I hope you got something out of this. If you got something out of this video of value, share this with a friend and please go show your love. We're on all streaming platforms, including YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. Any ratings, comments, likes, shares, they go a very long way and they make it so I can keep doing these things for you. And I would appreciate it greatly. So please go share with a friend until next time.